0: Hello, welcome to Blong's podcast series Keeping Pace with Therapy Looking at Intersectional Innovations in Psychotherapy. As various mental health experts as well as organizations try to understand the relationship between social identities and mental well-being of the individual, various psychological intervention strategies are being introduced, or rather reintroduced keeping in mind the need to see the therapy room as a space not devoid of social context. In this podcast series, we try to look at some of the innovations in psychotherapy that are making mental health sector and therapy approaches more inclusive and sensitive to the sociocultural realities of people. This series is hosted by Saranj Bisht and Anugraha Raman. Tune in to know more. Arts-based therapy practices emphasize using creative and diverse media to develop a therapeutic relationship and offer a potential alternative to talking-based therapies. Arts-based interventions have proven to be much more effective for communities around the world under constant stress. In this episode titled Immersing in Arts-Based Therapy, we speak with Porkhadi Palinappan, a professional trained in arts-based therapy interventions, about the scope of arts as an adaptive healing medium and what it means for marginalized communities, especially in the context of India. Porkuri is a mental health practitioner and a certified arts therapist. She is also the founder of Better Chances, an NGO based in Chennai. The NGO works in the area of mental health and more specifically on community inclusion of persons with mental disabilities. She has an in-depth grassroots level experience in working with persons with psychosocial disabilities, in enabling them work towards their well-being and also setting up projects along with them for sustainable living options. One of the first to set up a self-help group for psychosocial disabled women in the state of Tamil Nadu. Hi, Porkodi. Welcome to today's episode.
1: Hello, Saranj. Great to be here.
0: To just to begin with, you are currently working as a mental health practitioner as well as an art space therapist. Can you share a little bit about your journey in the mental health sector? And how has art based therapy added to your understanding of mental well-being?
1: I have been in this mental health sector for about two decades now. The journey has been meandering through various spaces in the last 20 years. So when I got introduced, I'm a literature student, basically. I majored in uh, literature. And even as I was in college, I came across organizations that were working in the field of mental health. There were a couple of organizations around that time. And I got associated as volunteer in one of those organizations. So that was more of a conventional way of working with persons with mental health disabilities, especially the homeless population. So that's how the journey began in getting to know things like homelessness and mental health disabilities and the kind of services that existed around that time, which was typically the rehabilitating services, etc., That's where it all started as a volunteer. And then subsequently, after very many years, I had a personal life crisis where I lost my brother to a suicide attempt. And post that, I got into full-fledged mental health work. Again, within the conventional framework of rehabilitation, all that, you know. So I stuck to an organization and I worked within the organization in different capacities. First, starting off with running a full-fledged vocational training unit and dabbling a little bit with the HR work over there. And then heading the women's facility, then heading the community mental health program and advocacy, etc., But then during my tenure in the community mental health program is where I got aligned to different way of thinking and which was not in alignment with the organization's goals. And I could not align myself either to the goals of the organization because somehow the values of the community mental health program, as I understood it, which was not the way it was written. But the way I understood it, when I worked hands-on in that place with the people in the community, I felt really very free in that space. I liked that space and I wanted it to be more open and more independent and free, et etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which was not given as a scope within the written rules for the project. Okay, so I couldn't fit in. So I had to withdraw or I had to come out of this organization which was a very bitter incident. Then I gave myself a break and then I started my own organization called the Better Chances. Better Chances is actually a project, again, in mental health, but it is a very unlearning organization, you know, we don't want to get into the conventional framework, but rather finding solutions in unconventional methods, you know. And so when I started Better Chances is when I got the opportunity to train as an art-based therapist, even before I trained we were taking the route of arts only. We were to taking the route of arts and peer support groups and not confining people to any buildings or a closed structure, etc. We chose not to do all that. And in a couple of years of running uh, Better Chances, I got the opportunity to train as an art-based therapist. Now I'm a certified art therapist and I have been so in the last two, three years and I've been Rendering the arts based therapy to the peer groups that come to the drop in center run by Better Chances. I also work with the state run mental hospitals, offering groups art based therapy there inside the hospital. I also work with um, youngsters in conflict with law who are remanded. So I work within the jail system also. And I work with women with multiple disabilities in the corporation run disabled uh, women's shelter, et cetera. Of course, with school students and it's a different segment altogether. I work with a lot of people applying art-based therapy as the main modality in my work. So that's how everything started and it is going right now.
0: Thank you for sharing that with us. As you stated, you have also been working with art based therapy tools for quite some time now. What kind of training did you undergo to become an art based therapy practitioner?
1: So as I told you earlier, I had about 10 years of hands-on experience with people. I know I had not heard of art-based therapy till let's say 2016-17 or something like that. And then I had the good fortune of seeing the advertisement of Bapu Trust based in Pune about their art-based therapy programs. And I was very much interested in that because this is one modality that I'm very inclined to And now I also knew that I will enjoy doing this kind of training. So I wrote to them and they were very kind enough to consider my application and they guided me through it and very understanding people too. So this is a one-year program where there are two contact classes, one in July and one in October, where we have to be present in Pune for the trainings. And the remaining part of the training is what you do at your home base. So for me, it was in Chennai. So I practiced whatever I was taught with the population here in Chennai with my own peer group, and that's how I qualified as a certified art therapist.
0: Great to know your journey, Porkori. For aspiring art space therapists, can you tell us if there are any prerequisites to train in art space therapy?
1: Technically, while seeking applications, there are certain criteria which they suggest. Where they just suggest any degree. But they call for social workers, mental health professionals, psychologists, therapists. and they have a list of it. But I think it is open to anyone who is inclined towards learning this kind of a therapy as a tool to contribute to humanity. I think if you want to seek or learn a method that is not really currently not very conventional, but which also allows a lot of free space to creatively apply your mind, you know. I think anyone who is inclined to such spaces will benefit out of this training. That's what I feel. Very interestingly, when I went for the (laughs) training, and of course, many others were there too, from different walks of life, art-based therapy for many people may look like learning some art form, you know, Maybe people might think that we will go and learn some art form and come back. But no, it was hardly that. It was more of applying these arts to use it as a therapeutic tool with people. So it was not about learning some art over there, but it was more to do with the person who's going to learn, you know, the person that we are. So it has been a tremendous journey for me. I may not be able to encapsulate it even in one line. So yeah, but as a prerequisite, I think anybody who is inclined to contribute to humanity in creative ways can go through this art-based therapies. is what I feel and use art-based therapy as a tool to do that.
0: Hmm. Wherein traditional forms of therapy fail in catering to the needs of diverse communities and individuals. How do arts-based therapy fare?
1: In reaching out to diverse people. So my opinion, and I strongly feel that this is the only modality that can fit into this diverse population that we are talking about. As far as the present is concerned, I would say only this modality so far that I have come across within the mental health work that I've been doing Because this art-based therapy modality itself is very diverse in nature. And anybody from any walks of life, anybody from any diverse groups can find an alignment. Since I've worked with different groups, I can very confidently say that so far, everybody that I have worked with have been benefited through these art-based sessions. More than the conventional methods of uh, treatment. I want to also add that when I worked with the people inside the mental hospitals, okay, what ideally would be called as recovery, though I don't use that word recovery much in my practice, but what people think of as recovery, you know, typically. Mm -hmm. That happens far more quickly when you use art as a modality. I'm saying this from a person while working with persons with mental health problems point of view. But with other people, what I have observed is this, the expressions of people, you know, the expressions of people when it comes to expressing what they are undergoing, which is the first point of any healing to happen is 100% possible. When you use art therapy as a tool, this is with Mm. every diverse population I have worked with. In a conventional sense, this counseling or whatever, though I understand the importance of all of that and I don't deny it, but I think arts can do much more than that in helping people open up and look at themselves in a more acceptable way. Am I making sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how have ABT interventions been effective in such settings in contrast to traditional interventions, in case you can give a few examples?
1: The benefits are very much there, but also the way I use art therapy in the sense, the infrastructure, the way the project is run. For example, in Better Chances, the doors are not closed. We don't practice these therapies in a very confined setting. No, it's not like that. People are free to leave. People are free to say no if they do not want to participate. The consent is always there. It's always considered for participation and a sense of freedom is always there you know Mm. however inside mental hospitals that is not a possibility so it is for me a frustration also because how much ever i try in doing these therapy sessions with people how much ever i see them healing they have to go back to the same wards you know and that is the system the system is like that so that is a big hindrance for me there but otherwise. I know the the sessions are very successful. I know that. For example, I'm changing the name of a particular person here. Let's call him Shankar. Okay. Not giving the original name here. Mm -hmm. But when I first met him in the mental hospital, he was very disturbed in the sense he was not oriented to the place. So I would call him into the sessions, but he would sit away somewhere and he was not able to sustain a conversation with me. Probably he was not interested, but... He was also not able to make eye contact and he would look away and also sometimes not say anything. So he was a little disoriented and he didn't know where he was and he would answer a few words and all of that. But I have been seeing him from the first session and we would have a lot of play groups and all that. When I would tell them the norms of the game and all, he would not able to understand that or pick up those norms. So the others would guide him, you know, in playing. But he would participate slowly. But with frequent sessions, I saw a total roundabout change in him as in recognizing me and walking up to me, making an eye contact, asking me if I've had food and asking me what sessions we are going to have today to a point where... He would come to the session and tell me that so and so has not come today for the session and also striking a conversation with me. So I have seen the benefits of the session happening in individuals, in people. But whether they have been discharged from the hospital, that is a doubt. You know. So for me, ideally a session should enable that freedom, is what I tell myself. It should help people do better and people should keep progressing into a life that they desire. But the systematic challenges are always there. But I do know for certain that it is helping these people as individuals because I keep seeing them constantly, right? And I see that progress in individuals. The basic transformation that I see in people who I work with, the first change I see in people is the way they start expressing So that is a very strong thing with art therapy is that people start interacting far better with art. And I would say during one of the sessions I did again in the mental hospital, just before getting into the session, I called. They all love my camera, my phone camera. And they would like to take pictures and they would like their pictures to be taken and all of that. So I understand there's a lot of confidentiality, which is very respected and maintained also by me. So I was asking a group of these women to come huddle close to me and we'll all do a selfie. So I just huddled them together, very quickly rounded them up. Yeah. When I was taking the photograph, the woman who I was holding, I you know I was holding her shoulder. She was not smiling. So I turned, I looked at her and I told her, why don't you just smile? She looked back at me and she told me in Hindi, she's a Hindi speaking person. She said, I cannot smile because I don't know. I don't know how to smile. It was a very different answer for me. I said, it's okay. And then we went on with the session, which was a movement therapy thing. You know, we were dancing basically. And we'll pick out one of them to lead the session and others will follow. It was a very free session and people were loud music from the tape recorder that I carry to the hospital. Loud music and all of us were flowing with the music and a lot of smiles and laughter and all of that. It went on. And once the session got over, after an hour or so, again, I huddled the group together. I got them all together and said, let's do a selfie again. So I quickly took the phone up and the same lady came running and she was near me and my hand was on her shoulder. And when I took the photo, I saw her smiling ear to ear. Okay? I don't even know whether she realized it between the first photo when she said, I don't know how to smile or I don't smile to this point where she was smiling, you know. But I just indicated with my other hand, I just showed my fingers and said, big grin. And I just told her, it's very beautiful. I validated that smile. I said, very beautiful smile. She kept grinning. She was very happy and hardly there were any words spoken. But I think the smile came from within her. I think these as the healing points of my sessions is what I feel. I... I think these are the points that make the person feel good and well. You know, these are the wellness points that one has to touch upon during the process of recovery, is what I feel.
0: Thank you for sharing such beautiful anecdotes with us, Porkuri. While we are talking about, say, arts based therapy in certain settings, i wanted to ask whether arts-based therapists also face challenges in certain settings or with certain individuals or communities and in case if they do who do you think that they can actually come out of that dilemma so for example a person who has always worked with able-bodied persons for them to start working with a person with disability I'm sure that they also undergo a dilemma of which Mm. tools to actually use because, you know, there are certain tools that they can't use given the ability of the person. Mm. So what do you think they should do in such situation? And do you think that in such situations, they can also refer to certain tools that are universal in nature?
1: So the first part of this, I would say that the training is all about that. The training itself has all those components in it. I feel the training has a good amount of knowledge on that part, you know, how to work with the disabled population. However, For me also, once I did this training, after that, when I started applying it into multiple disabled groups, for example, I went to this night shelter, which had multiple disabled women. And when I did the sessions there, then I realized, yes, what I could do with a few other disabilities, I could not do with visually impaired girls. I could not involve them in that session. Hmm. It wasn't really very difficult, but I did a drumming circle with them because visually impaired were good with music. They hmm. were good with here listening to instructions and following that with the music rhythm and all of that. So I integrated art therapy has a lot of modalities in it. You know, you just have to pick the right one to suit the needs of these people. OK, we may not be able to apply, let's say, a painting. Or I would still try all of that with a little twist, you know, with a little... Because we can always play with textures. So it's all about how you apply your mind very creatively. I would not use the word creatively. I would say use it crazily. But in a very organized way, of course. Not limited to anything, but just try various things. If it is a different population. I did a movement therapy thing last week, again in the night shelter. We used the drums. And I wanted them to dance. But 98% of the women over there have locomotor disabilities primarily. They cannot stand. They're all wheelchair users. So everybody was asked to sit down. And we played the music. And I asked them to just show some body movement. Even I didn't know how they would dance. Because hip down, 95% of them would not able to move or get up by themselves or anything was not possible. So I didn't know. But then I thought upper body can move. So I didn't even tell them like that. I said, you listen to this music and let us see how your body responds to this music. It could be just a head shake also, but just feel what your body is responding to this music. Don't feel shy and all that. So once the drum beats started going, everybody started dancing. I'll share the video with you later. Somebody came in a wheelchair very late and they didn't know what instruction was given or anything. Somebody just came in late and they started dancing as well. So we should not confine or think it is difficult. I think it is all about applying what art form will be comfortable with these people. Also, I think it is important that people spend time with the disabled population to understand what the difficulty is. During this movement therapy thing that we did, There was one girl with visual impairment who was right in front, but who was very stiff while everybody was dancing. She became very stiff, you know. She became, I saw her face becoming very serious. And when I asked her, you could also join the dance, she said, no. She said, no, please leave me. I will not be able to do it. Next time I will do it or something like that. So we said, okay, you don't have to and all of that. But we continued the session. She was there because she said, I will be here. And then after that drumming thing was over, we asked those people who were able to walk, you know, a little bit, just 5% of them, if they wanted to have a dance and they wanted it. So we had a session with some drumming for them to dance. And later we all sat down to sing with the drumbeat. And when we were singing... The girl who had a lot of difficulty and became stiff during the drums were played, she was the one who sang the most. She was the one who picked the right songs for the right beats. And she was the one who was singing most. We have to just be able to fit the sessions accordingly. At the training offers? I think the training given is enough to understand that. I think it's a very holistic training. And I think if there is any challenge, then the challenge is in the therapist. I think therapist has to spend a lot more time with such population to understand people, I guess. That would be the only challenge. Not the application part of it, but just that understanding part of it could be a challenge. Otherwise, the training imparts enough knowledge to handle these situations is my opinion.
0: Mm Hmm. that also reminds me that the pandemic has changed the way we used to work with therapeutic tools. Mm -hmm. How has pandemic impacted your work and Mm -hmm. how has it influenced our space therapy interventions in India generally?
1: We shut down our organization. Our support group meetings had to be stopped and that was very difficult. Within the mental hospital, also many got infected and then they became all right. Anyway, face-to-face sessions only we were able to do. So we followed certain protocols and we did that, you know, but where I had used my art-based therapy training very effectively was we created an online group, a grief counseling group for persons who had lost their family members to the COVID. And it happened for about 8 to 12 weeks. And that is where I used those trainings that I had received in the art-based therapy training. I used it effectively over there when we did these online sessions. But I do understand it is a challenge. But my sessions inside the mental hospitals continued even during the pandemic time with a lot of precautions taken. We stopped from March to December in 2020. And again, 2021, I started my sessions again inside the mental hospital. So the precautions are taken. But yes, I do understand it has been quite difficult to to do in-person sessions and all of that. And I'm also not very comfortable on online therapy sessions, except the grief counseling sessions. It went really well. It happened only once a week on Sundays for an hour or so. And the modalities, we didn't use much of it, but the ones that were effective. So more of reading and a lot of sharing. And it was done in a certain way that it was possible. Again, as I said, I was able to apply sort of things that were needed for that session, which wasn't really a huge challenge. And also, I got to see some of my fellow therapy friends doing sessions on resilience and the challenges that people have been facing during the pandemic time. I have seen some of my friends actually creating such therapeutic spaces for people. And I thought those were very creative spaces also. It is also my observation that a lot of people, general public, had started off doing mandala workshops and online training on various things. I thought the pandemic time had opened a lot of avenues for art-related stuff because people had that much of time on hand also. Though I would not say they were all trained in therapeutic tools, etc. But in general, there were a lot of such sessions going on online that I could see. So I thought that was good, you know, though it was not at a very professional level or whatever. But people were able to learn a lot of art-based stuff to manage themselves during the time of the pandemic. For me, online therapy would have been very difficult. But then I've been meeting a few people off late who have been telling me that they prefer online therapy. They cannot handle an in-person meeting with the therapist or sitting in front of someone and listening to them and that they would prefer an online session is what I heard from a few people I visited recently. The example they are giving was that they feel very close to the therapist. Or they feel very close to the other person and not far away from that person. Somehow online is bringing them much closer. So the sense of being close to the person is achieved online is what they are saying. So I think it works for a few people, which I have to try and see. But for those people who I met, it seems to work, the online sessions. But yeah, when it comes to online therapy, I guess there would be a few limitations. Of course, you cannot try a vast number of art stuff and that would be limited. For me personally, as I was telling somebody that I'm a very low budget therapist. Okay. In the sense, there are times when I may not have a lot of art materials with me to work with people, you know, sometimes. So I'm a person who mostly uses nature as a tool, you know, I mostly use nature as a tool, I use outdoors much in my therapeutic. So for me would be a challenge in an online setting.
0: My last question to you would be as someone who has been able to use arts-based therapy in community settings in India, how do you envision the future of arts-based therapy in a diverse society like ours?
1: I think now art is really catching up or I should say people are catching up with arts. It's always been there, right? So it's becoming a tool of expression now. And I always feel art is the tool for expression. So initially, art is used as this tool for dissent and expressing your life in a better way itself. So I see it's a very powerful tool and I attended a conference abroad where People are working on re psychiatry as in how do we reframe all these conventional issues that are very regressive in much of their uh, thinking and cognizing certain things they are very regressive in that how do you break open from this kind of a thinking process then i think art is the answer at least so far art is the answer and it is something that is viable for all and people enjoy it i think it's a very powerful tool and something that People are getting more interested in these days. So even at the conference, people were very curious to know the modalities. And I did a session with them. And I basically feel that this is the way forward. For me, this is the way forward. Everybody is able to do it irrespective of their diverse background or disability or whatever the case may be. So I think it has the potential to reframe the entire system. And this is going to take on the world, is what I feel. I feel it very strongly also. Because everywhere I go, people are talking art everywhere now. Though we talk from the therapeutic angle and also from a very spiritual angle, of course. But somehow art is being recognized as a tool, looking at it, replacing the mainstream itself. For example, the mental hospital is asking. When I went there with the proposal saying I would like to practice it in the mental hospital, they immediately said yes. I think that's a huge shift for a mainstream mental hospital, which works only with medication to allow or open its doors to art therapies and for people to allow the patients to go and get benefited from it. For me, it's been a very touching, very beautiful experience. So I think the world is opening up to these kind of methodologies because in a way they are fed up with what is existing. Of course, it's understandable. So I think this is the future. Though people may take a long time to unlearn what they already know, but I'm sure this is going to happen. That much is sure. But when is a question. How? Of course, we know it. I think the art therapists have to also keep working with these populations and keep exploring, keep learning and keep sharing it with the world. That's how I think we start influencing the world with our work and everybody benefits out of it. But I'm very sure that this is the way forward.
0: Thank you, Porkati. It's a great way to sum up today's episode. I thank you again for taking time out and answering all my questions.
1: Thank you, Saranj. Thank you so much.
0: You can also listen to this podcast and many more conversations on intersectional inclusion by downloading Belong's app Another, spelt U-N-O-T-H-E-R, available on Apple and Google App Stores. To connect with intersectional experts for guest lectures or consultations, check out Belong Circle, a platform that makes it easy for a range of organizations and individuals to integrate intersectionality in their work. Thank you for listening and stay tuned to listen to more such episodes on intersectional inclusion.